Blog Talk Radio. Like 
Boxing words of pain tortures For real niggas that hold out their fortress And serve up a portions Hit them in the body with a powerful force And set an end all your doubt Make you clean up your house Bag up an ounce Hit the dance floor and bounce We blessed with the talent Fuck with the ticket Ain't gon' be easy Cause you fuckin' with twist If you fuck with Chris Bleak and Free Weezy So speak and breathe easy Wanna shoot just my future in 3D I like wars I'm from a city full of vice lords and genies Breeze and souls Two six of kings Beaties and stones Spanish Cobras and all the two soldiers Surviving up zone Watch me spit it for the killers And hustles Pippin' all the pounds and bricks Hate on me I'm a bust that you hold Yo, 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 what it do, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Skybox. This is your boy, Chills. Yo, these people share. Yo, that's all rock, though. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that's very rock. I like that drink. Is that your first time hearing that, champ? Yeah, that's the first time I hearing that drink. That joint nice. I like that joint. Especially Twister. Twister well, went on there and just went nuts on that joint. Well, you know why uh, Twister went on? Went on like the way he did, right? No, like you got, like we got to break that down to me later on, though. We got, you know, we got getting this ain't mic check. That's tomorrow night. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, we got time, you know, we got time. Uh, that was actually for the Kamikaze album. What happened? That song, that song is about. Try to think. That album came out in two thousand three. That song is about. Uh-huh. Two, 13 years old. Uh, Man, I, I missed out that then. I should have heard that. That song was on the same album as Slow Jams and Overnight and uh, Celebrity Overnight. Damn, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go find that joint, man. Shit. Hey. Sam Junior, what it do? <laughs> yeah, he he talks a little bit more now. This guy. I, I see. I see. Go sooner or later, we want to save a uh, spot home on the skybox. We want uh, we want our co-host. I know, right? Hi. Yeah, it'll be got, like forty. He can help you. Uh, you break down uh some of the golf and uh, baseball. You know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Listen, I'm ready to get into this, though. I'm, I'm ready to get into this, though. Hey. Hey. Let's do this, man. Like, I'm wired. I'm feeling nice. I didn't have my cigar. I didn't have my brandy. I'm good. We missing somebody, though. Yeah, we are, but eh. show must go on. This is true. This is very true. All right, well then, you know what? We'll get into like let's start off the show with the with a quick three then before we get into what we got to talk about. So, um uh first story of the quick three is uh the UFC 196 event that's taking place um next weekend. Next weekend there were um some changes there were some changes made to the lineup um after Kane Velasquez um, pulled out of the event. They were supposed to be a, a heavyweight title fight as the main event. Cain Velasquez pulled out uh, due to injury, and then 24 hours after he withdrew, the heavyweight champion, Fabricio Werdum, pulled out due to injury as well. Um, 
the UFC was able to find a replacement for Velasquez, but after the champion pulled out, they were left with very little option except to just um, make a change. And now the main event for UFC 196 is going to be a welterweight fight between uh, former welterweight champion Johnny Hendricks and uh, top 10 ranked welterweight fighter Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. And another change is that, and Dana White announced this on on, YouTube, on Yahoo Sports yesterday, uh, Tuesday, that now the event will be shown on Fox Sports One instead of on pay per view. So they're going to act. So people are going to actually get to watch this event for free on Fox Sports One as opposed to paying for it on pay per view because of the fact that the co-main event, the heavyweight championship fight, the rematch between the two, is ultimately off. So. That's your first news story. The UFC 196 is going through some major changes due to its main event, one of its main events being um, like both competitors pulling out. So um, we're going to move on to the second story. The second story has to do with former Heisman Trophy winner Vince Young, who on early Monday morning was arrested and charged with misdemeanor uh, driving while intoxicated. Um, according to... Uh, police records cited in the Austin American Statesman, Young was booked into Travis County Jail at 12.46 a.m. Monday morning. He already appeared before a judge and has bail set at $2,000. Um, on um, uh, Monday, I mean, on yesterday, after his arrest, Monday, I should say, Vince Young released a statement on his official Facebook page, um, state, you know, in, indicating that he was indeed stopped and later arrested on suspicion of of driving while intoxicated and that the legal process ran its course. He went on to say, and I quote, regardless of the outcome of the pending investigation, I would like my friends, family, and fans to understand, like, to know that I do not condone hold on, that, to know that I do not condone drinking and driving in any way whatsoever. I am very disappointed in myself, and I am sorry for any conduct that has made this legal process necessary. So Vince Young is going to be, you know, dealing with that issue. As you know, Vince Young is actually on is on actually on the staff for the University of Texas. Um, he's actually the diversity and community community engagement officer at the school in Texas. So. We interested to see how that turns out with him. And the final story in the quick three has to do with the um, woman who's now in the record books as the longest reigning Divas champion in WWE history, uh, Nikki Bella. Uh, it was reported earlier this week that Nikki Bella would have to undergo um, major surgery to repair what is essentially a broken neck. She had a, a herniated disc in her neck. And they had to go in and do a bone fusion today, which is Wednesday, and news is that the the surgery was successful, and now she's on a long road to recovery. But she did tell ETV, she did tell E! News that this is a potentially career-threatening neck injury. So there's no telling if she's going to recover from this and be able to get back into the ring. Only time will tell. And that is your quick three for today. Uh, actually, want, I, want, I actually want to talk about the last one, though. Uh, so, Nikki Bella. Nikki, Nikki, Nikki. She has a career-threatening neck injury. 
That's what's up. I wish somebody would have saved her neck. But it's okay, though. What? I mean, I mean, it's an inside joke for those who will get it, but maybe someone should have saved her neck. But, um, yeah. Fuck up. Fuck hey, Nikki. Up. Nikki. I mean, best, I mean, best wishes, though. I mean... I mean, I'm not a fan, but at the same time, uh, that type of injury would be devastating for anyone. But at the same time, she needs to control her next motion when she's going down. One Cena. And we are and we are officially in Petty Murphy territory. <laughs> we are officially in Petty Murphy territory. Anyway. Well, there was a reason that I did bring up Nikki Bella and her, you know, injured neck and her surgery and everything, because our first topic of the night is what happened at the Royal Rumble that took place this past Sunday uh, out down there in Florida, in Orlando. Uh, Chills, did you get a chance to watch the event? Yes, I did. Okay. What were your thoughts? On the Royal Rumble as a pay-per-view or the match itself? I mean, all well, the above, I thought, overall, um, I thought it was a great pay-per-view. Um, I actually predicted every match except for the United States title match. I actually thought Del Rio was going to win it instead of Coliseo. I should have won, won Coliseo. I mean, part of me told me to go with Coliseo, but, God, I mean, I thought, I mean, it's Del Rio. He doesn't lose much, you know. Mm. I mean, he was close. He was very close to being a short thing. I mean, but that was actually that was one hell of a match, though. Very true. It was a good match. Kalisto, Kalisto, and and, uh, and Del Rio put on a good match. I mean, up and down the pay per view was pretty good. But what what got me laughing though was like the rage. That's all live from the the result of the Royal Rumble match itself. I'm just like it just has me sit here laughing my ass off at all the rage that's going on right now. Honestly, am I'm surprised that the Royal Rumble match ended the way it did. No, but I do have nope. I do have a few things that kind of blew me about it though. Okay, I mean I'm not mad. At, I'm not mad at Triple H one. I'll never, I'll never be mad at that. Right. Yeah, I. I will say this though, like I read online. This is this is funny. I read online that they actually changed some things with the Royal Rumble match mid-match because of the fact that. Roman Reigns, when he came out number one, he got booed so badly. That's why they played the angle where he got beat up and taken to the back because they had to go over the new finish with him in which he was supposed to be the last person left with Triple H. And Triple H was supposed to eliminate him then to win the championship, but they didn't want Triple H getting, like, a big old face pop. So that's why they had him eliminated before the final two. I understand that, but at the same time, that does, that does not benefit Roman. So, Senator, this is the guy that you want to make the future of your company, 
the guy the guy that you're trying to make that guy, I doubt it. Here's why. You take Roman out before guys like Rock Lesnar, Mark Henry, Jack Swagger, Kane, the White, all into the, the big show, all into the ring. If you want to, if any, if there was a perfect opportunity to make Roman look like a straight beef, leaving him in the rumble with those big motherfuckers would have been that moment. Have him least throw half of them out. Maybe I mean, against Brock. I mean, I understand why they did what they did, but at the same time, taking him out to let him rest while the the real the beating potatoes of the competition got into the ring was a mistake because all, all you did was pretty much make him look even weaker. If they'd have let Roman stay in that match and beast out against some of those superstars, the bigger superstars, that could have actually did a lot for him going into WrestleMania. Right, I hear what I hear what you're saying, but uh, again, I think that the reason why they had him take the reason why they took him out was because they saw they they heard the response he got, and they wanted to change the fit. He wasn't rested. It's just that you can't go over a finish while you're already in the match. It's kind of hard to do. So they had to take him, had to find a way to get him back there to work, talk with Triple H about the new finish and everything like that. I get what you're I mean, saying. That they kind of they they should have they should have kept him in the match to make him look stronger. But at the same time, I mean, you saw the reaction he got. You really can't. No matter no, there was no amount of beasting out he could have did that could have swayed that crowd any more to his side at all. That crowd was solidly against him the entire night, and they and, and there was nothing they could do to change that. So that's why they had to do what they had to do. They knew they knew what they had what was going on, and they made a, a smart move. They made a business decision to be like, all right, you know what? He's the final four, but he's going to get out before the last person is eliminated and see what happens. You know what I'm saying? And sure enough, Triple H got cheered, but at the end he got booed. So it worked out. I was like, I want to agree with that, but I can't. Here's why. Okay. One. Having them take him out was predictable. Honestly, I said to myself before the match started, I hope the League of Legions do not come out and try to take him out of the match for about 30-plus minutes, and he magically returns. I mean, we've been there. We've done that. We've seen it. It has happened. It was too short. Excuse me. Sorry. Yeah, man, exactly. Okay. It, it, it has <laughs> happened in Battle Royale. I mean, it's to the point like, okay, can y'all give me something new, WWE? Please. I mean, I understand he had to go over in the back with Triple H and go over the new finish, this and the other. But at the same time, like, doing the Royal Rumble, that was possibly the worst time to do it. The original plan should have been Whatever would have made this guy look strong. This is a guy that you're trying to groom into that next superstar. He has no identity. He has nothing going for him. He has nothing that separates him from any 
nobody else. At this point, you have to make Roman look like a beast. And that's where the WWE is selling at. He doesn't look like a beast at all. Instead of looking like a beast, I got him looking like a clueless bitch. Which I find funny because I can remember you and GOP was going on this dude last week. Shit. <laughs> and oh, they, they turned I around. You know, I mean, I have oh, nothing to do personally, but I mean, people complain about Cena, but Cena's not this Cena's not this bad. I'm sorry. Cena has something to offer. This guy, zero. But yet, this is a guy that they're trying to force on us like he's the big deal, like he's something worth watching. He's not. He's boring on a ring. He's boring in the ring. He's boring on the mic. His entrance is boring because it was already done when he was with the Shield. He still dresses like he's in a Shield. I mean, he has nothing. I mean, he could be sold like a beast, but the WWE refuses to sell him as that. He's just another clueless fuck that has the look. Mm-hmm. I mean, my thing, my thing is, is that, you know, I get it. You know, I get it. Like, Roman Reigns is supposed to be the top face of the company, but right now he's, like, the most hated – he's, like, one of the most hated men on the roster right now. And, I mean, I think it was – I think we all kind of saw the writing on the wall about, you know, what ha- what the result would be. But, you know what, let's get off of that, and let's talk about how right I was about when AJ Styles is going to fucking debut. Can we talk about that for a second? Honestly, yeah, we talk about that. Honestly, I was hyped. I was just shocked that he came out that damn early. Yeah, number three. That was crazy. I mean, that was surprising. Like number three. I mean, for real. I mean, was I really trying to win the audience over that quick? Yeah, I mean, kind of like. I mean, I, I know you want to get over this and the other, but. I mean, he should have at least been at least 15, shit. Yeah, and what sucks is, though, is that, you know, aside from AJ Styles, who got a hell of a pop, AJ Styles and Triple H were the only surprises. This Royal Rumble had the least surprise entrances out of all a, a lot of them. It was only two. That was AJ Styles making his debut, or making his, you know, well, his official debut, I would say, because he did have a match on, like, uh, Heat or some shit like that back in 2002. Uh, but then Triple H making his uh, return into the ring and shit. So, like, wow. Like, I was kind of, it kind of was a little bit sad and disappointing that you don't have any more surprise interest and shit, you know? Oh, Sammy oh, Zayn, I'm sorry. Sammy Zayn, too. I'm, yeah, Sammy Zayn. That was another one. I mean, honestly, that didn't blow me because I mean, pretty much everybody that was in the in the rubble was active superstars. 
I mean, I didn't want to see a superstar that I haven't seen in years who's possibly out of shape, who possibly hasn't been in a ring in two years plus, who hasn't been doing anything to pretty much be relevant in the wrestling world. A lot of people were hoping for a Scott Steiner surprise entrance. For what? Everybody knows Scott Steiner is not in the best wrestling shape. He can't do half the stuff he did back in the early 90s. Listen, I'd have been so blown if that battle would have came out. Against guys like Owens, AJ, Jericho. I mean, no. No. I don't want to. See, I don't want to see that. I'm glad that this rumble didn't have that many surprise entrance. It was the plus. It was actually a plus for me. Everybody that was in the rumble were active wrestlers. And I applaud WWE for that. Thank you. What about your boy Archie? Yo, Archie, yo, be killing my soul, man, with this shit, man. This dude right here, man. I think he, I think they finally found a gimmick for him that actually works. I'm not gonna lie. I think they finally found a gimmick that works for him. And it's just you know comedy, you know making mistakes, kind of being like, that's my bad, that's on me, that kind of thing. I think that fits him. I think it works. It works so much because he gets a reaction. People laugh and they're like, what the hell? But you know what? He's still relevant. Because of this, it's not like he's doing this and nobody gives a shit about him. He's still relevant. Matter of fact, I'm pretty sure people look at Raw and SmackDown and wait for him to come out and do something like this. And if I'm lying, I'm lying. If I'm lying, I'm lying. Wow. Um. Honestly, like, I mean, it was funny. I ain't gonna lie. It was funny. Cause the first thing I thought. He came down, he stopped to lift the ring apron up to get a ladder. I'm like, oh, my God. Please don't tell me this nigga think this money in the bank or king, king of the mountain. Like, please don't. Why now? Like, I mean, it's funny, but at the same time, it's like, y'all really got to play an ignorant nigga on TV? I mean, it's funny, but at the same time, it's like, damn, this is the best I got for him. I mean, it's like... This is a top, this is a very talented athlete. Uh, True can do some amazing things in the ring. I mean, just me watching him in TNA. Hell, even watching him when he his first stint in WWE when it was WWF when he was K Quick. I mean, this is a guy that has the talent to be a world champion. It's sad that WWE didn't want to, you know actually give him that type of push. I mean, he's only challenged for the world title once. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I get what you're saying. I'm just looking at it from the perspective of, like, look, it's something. It's, I mean, granted, it's like the, it may portray the wrong message. I get that. But, again, it's something, and it keeps him, you know, keeps him fresh. You know, him doing stuff like that, you know, making these kind of mistakes and being like, that's my bad, that's on me. I mean, he still gets to wrestle. 
And it's you know he'll he'll wrestle like superstars or something. He may have an occasional match on Raw or SmackDown and whatnot. So it's not like he's just doing this gimmick and not getting no action, not having his actions be seen. I mean, he's still being seen on TV and on the network and everything like that. It's just that this is what they got for him. I mean, what, what it is. I mean, a few years ago when he uh. Hill turned on Morrison. I thought that was beautiful. Yo, that was a. Per- I went. I went. That was a per- when he beat when he beat down Morrison, then pulled out the cigarette. Oh, <laughs> sold. I was sold on that. And then he took the water, and smacked the crap out of it with the water bottle before he took out the cigarette and smoked the cigarette right in the middle, right on the ringside. I was like. Yo, our truth ain't yo, I was like, our truth ain't shit. I love it. Exactly. That was a great heel turn. But we actually gotta keep it moving though. Yeah, we gotta um, keep it moving. What else we got on on the docket? I actually just posted a post of the updated Pro Bowl roster. Real talk, I, I wanted to talk about the Pro Bowl. I wanted to talk about the Pro Bowl, but then I realized something. Nobody give a fuck about the Pro Bowl. <laughs> Nobody give a fuck about the Pro Bowl. Sad but true. I mean, the Pro Bowl is actually just an offer. I mean, honestly. I thought, dude, I thought about this earlier when I was giving Junior Bab. I thought about I knew as soon as we started talking about the Pro Bowl, I was ready to say this. The Pro Bowl ain't nothing like most of the all-star games in all the four major sports. It's a freaking popularity contest. You got dudes on, you got dudes getting selected, having subpar seasons, but because their fan base is so large, they get voted into a damn all-star game like they did something. It's like, dude, you ain't did shit. Like, here's an example. How is it that Kirk Cousins played a full 16-game season Set a record for yards thrown in a season in a fran- in franchise history, second in franchise history in completion percentage, uh, set a franchise record for passer rating, and um, doubled at like 30-plus touchdowns and only 11 or 12 interceptions, led his team to a playoff and a division title, and yet this motherfucker don't even sniff the Pro Bowl. How is it like, how, Sway? How? <laughs> you don't have the answer, Sway. That's why I'm saying it's a freaking popularity contest. I don't have an answer, answer, Sway. But I will will (laughs) say this. How does James Winston and Teddy Bridgewater make the Pro Bowl over Kirk? It's beyond me. Really? Really? What is James Winston? James Winston was on a shitty-ass team. I mean, I'll I'll give James his due. He didn't have a bad season, but come on now, to call it to call him a Pro Bowler? Nah, bro, I'm not, I'm not buying a hype. He's not even the rookie of the year, offensively. Todd Gurley got that. Gurley, yeah, Todd Gurley got that. Fuck me, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I mean, he yeah. didn't play a whole season, but the fact that he averaged over 100 yards per game that he played in. He was the reason that the Rams was actually worth looking at on offense. No bull. Because 
Well, that was talking early. They were not worth looking at. Look, you want to know what you know? You want to know what else bothers me about the Pro Bowl now? Is this whole little? Is this whole? You know, fancy draft idea that they got, where they got legends drafting play Pro Bowl players to their teams and all this other shit. Like, uh, they need when to I stop. did care about the Pro Bowl, when I did care about the Pro Bowl, I enjoyed the AFC versus NFC because then you really got to see who, what conference had the better players. And most times it was the exactly. NFC. But now exactly. you got Team Urban, Team Urban, Michael Urban, and Team Rice, Jerry Rice, like. The fuck? Like, are we yeah. trying to see which receiver was better? Is better at picking a team? Are you fucking kidding me? Exactly. Like, what the fuck? I mean, was, is this really the best y'all can do in the field? Like, I understand. No, we are, we're in the social media age. I understand that. However, why would you go from NFC, AFC to Rice versus Urban? Who, who the fuck really wants to see that? I mean, it's not like Michael Irvin and Jerry Rice are playing themselves. You have a mixed roster now. You're pretty much playing fantasy football. You got two old motherfuckers playing fantasy football, but it's on TV. But defense is still optional. Like, the fuck? <laughs> like, I mean, did anything get accomplished with this? No. I kind of like how Tyron Taylor. I kind of like how Tyron Taylor is on the Pro Bowl, but not, but not Kirk Cousins. Okay, all right, all right, okay. Uh, we you know what? I didn't even want to answer that question. Um, how the hell? How the fuck do the Reed is not in the Pro Bowl? Jarrell Reed is not in the Pro Bowl. Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed. I don't know. I don't know, but you know Gary Barnridge got into the Pro Bowl over Jerry over over Jordan Reed. Okay, all right, we're not gonna talk about that. Okay, Gary Barnridge from the Browns. Okay, all right, okay. Wow, only wow. You know what? Um, yeah, but um, they will move on. Name a tight end that that doesn't have the last name of Gronkowski that had better numbers as a tight end than Jordan Reed. Well, apparently, uh, apparently, uh, uh, Delaney Walker was better than Jordan Reed. That's why he was a Pro Bowl. Okay, we gonna keep that. We gonna keep moving. Okay. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay. You mean a former backup in San Francisco, Delaney Walker, that went to Tennessee? Yeah, the one who for the Titans. You know what? Let's move on. Matter of fact, let's bring somebody on the line. Like we, we're like overdoing <laughs> it. Like let's bring somebody on the line. Like. Um, <laughs> The more we talk about this, the more I'm frustrated I'm getting. Oh, shit. <laughs> like, oh, shit. <laughs> Yo, 2422, you all. Welcome to the Skybox. Hey, what's going on, fellas? What do you do? What's happening? The Birdman. P. Chill. Birdman. P. Chill, what up? What it do, Birdman? I ain't heard from you in a minute, man. I know, man. It's good to hear y'all back in action, man. You know, Skybox. Skybox Productions. Long-time listener. It's not my first time calling in, you know. I used to be a regular contributor, but, you know, y'all took a hiatus, but it's good to hear y'all back on the air. 
I'm glad you, you already know. tagged me today. Yeah. Y'all got, already some, know. y'all got some good good topics going on early in the show. Yeah, man. What, what do you think about the Pro Bowl roster, though? You know, honestly, I haven't looked at it. Um, like y'all said, nobody gives a F about the Pro Bowl anymore. Um the points you guys made about Kirk Cousin being snobbed, um, yeah, you know, those, those are valid points. I didn't even know Teddy Bridgewater was on the roster. Um, how many yards did he throw for this year? Not more not more than 4,000, I can tell you that much. Yeah, because he, cause he had plenty of games where he only threw for like 100 or something. So, um, you know, it's, it's bogus. It is what it is. I actually don't think I'm going to watch it this year. And I kind of agree with what you guys said as far as the Legends picking teams. The first year they did it, it was okay. Like, it was a good change of pace. But if that's, like, the usual and it's going to replace East versus West or NFC versus AFC, like, I think it takes merit away from the game also. Um, I don't know. Just just do away with it. Do away with it. Here we go. These are the quarterbacks that made the Pro Bowl and are going to be playing in the Pro Bowl game. Tyrod Taylor, Derek Carr, Eli Manning, uh, Jameis Winston, Teddy Bridgewater, and Russell Wilson. Those are your quarterbacks. Right. Okay. Because all the original quarterbacks pulled out, right? Well, I think Cam got in and Eli got in, but, of course, they're playing the Super Bowl, so, of course, they're not going to play. Oh, and Tom Brady pulled out because of injury. So he wasn't playing. I think I think either I think Tyrod Taylor was his replacement. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you look at the Pro Bowl. I mean, I was sitting there watching. I remember the last time like I really watched it, which was probably two years ago. You know, the guy like they hand the ball off like the guys not even really trying to run the ball. Like, you know, they barely you know they barely really play like until the end and gets a little competitive. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's just not the same. No, I tell you one thing: they, they they made they they were smart by moving it from after the Super Bowl to right before the Super Bowl. Because if it was after, if it was still after the Super Bowl, like nobody nobody would really watch it. So I don't know. It is it is what it is. Nobody give a fuck about the Super Bowl. I'm just saying the fact that you got. The fact that your captain's on each team, on Team Irvin, the captain is Devontae Freeman, a rookie, and Geno Atkins, and then on the other side is Odell Beckham Jr. and Aaron Donald as your captain's on Team Rice. Okay, no, all right, okay, all right, whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not, honestly, I'm not really interested, but um, I'm going to definitely go on there and look at the rosters because I haven't. But, you know, I'm going to check the rosters out, see who's actually on there, but. Yeah, Chills, Chills actually posted. Chills posted on our on our Facebook group page, uh, CSOTS presents Skybox, uh, just like about half an hour ago. So you can go on there and it's right there. You can just click the link and it'll take you yeah, right I'm, to the roster. Yeah, I'm gonna check it out. I'm in the group, so you know. That, 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 that. Yeah. Since we have you on the yeah. line, what is like? Are you a wrestling fan as well? I am, and I heard you guys talking the Royal Rumble. Um, I actually have a WWE subscription. Um, and I knew the Royal Rumble was going on the other night, but I think probably because of the conference championships, I didn't really tune in. Um, I heard um, I heard Brett the Hitman Hart. I saw somewhere that he wasn't impressed. 
Um, and then you guys obviously shared your thoughts earlier. So, um, you know, go back on the network. And, go back on the network and watch it, man. And then, you is know, it really worth it? Man? Is it really worth it? I mean, I think, I think, like, chill. What do you think? I mean, overall, it's worth watching because I mean, there were some good matches. I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. I mean. Ambrose and KO was a good match. Okay. Rio Calicio was a good match. Okay. The tag team match, New Day versus the Usos, was worth watching. I mean, anything with New Day is worth watching. Okay. The Rumble match itself was watching was was worth watching until. Probably sounds like you guys said they made a blunder or something. What what happened? Like you said, it sounds like y'all said somebody got removed and they found a way to get back in there. What happened? Yeah, uh, this uh, this uh, the guy that they're trying to push now, Roman Reigns, they took uh-huh. him out of the match so they could uh, pretty much prepare him for the ending because apparently okay. the original plans got got switched. So right in the middle of the program. Yeah, right in the middle of the match. Okay. He was off about 30 minutes, and he returned to get eliminated, and he wasn't even the uh, last guy to get tossed over the ropes. Who don't know, this year's, this past year's Royal Rumble was the first time that the WWE World Heavyweight Championship was on the line in the Rumble match. For, 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 the, for the Rumble? For the winner of the Rumble? Well, the, it was the first time that the champion had to defend his title in the Rumble. In the actual Rumble. Yeah. Not in the main event. No. It was the first time that the champion had to defend his title in the Rumble. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's new. Yeah. Yeah. Different. Technically, uh, 92, the title was vacant, and whoever won the Rumble won the title, which ended up being Ric Flair. Ric Flair, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, but that, that's 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 more that's more my era right there. Like I go on WWE Network, I'm pulling up World Rumble '88, '89, '91. That's the stuff I, that really you know does it for me as a fan. This new stuff, you know, if I'm around, yeah, I, you know, I got the network. I mean, it's free, so why not? But yeah, I didn't log on. I didn't get to log on Sunday. Now is there's a lot of talent that's actually worth looking at. From, I mean, from a I, wrestling standpoint or or from, yeah, you know, just the promos and the characters? and I mean, it's beyond just the promos and characters. I mean, some of these new talents actually can carry good promos, but they also can wrestle. I mean, okay. AJ Styles is now in the WWE as mm-hmm. an official wrestler. That is a okay. on-call jobber like he was <laughs> 15 years ago. Okay. I mean, you have... Kevin Owens, you have Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, you have guys who's coming out out of NXT. I mean, it's, okay. they have and so much. I mean, and this roster they can actually they can go, they can put on a good show. Okay, but it sounds like from from what I heard you guys talking about earlier, it sounds like y'all were saying that. They're kind of messing up with the storylines a little bit. Like things are getting predictable, and 
you know, like they're just not mixing it up and producing these things right. Is that was that what you know, was that what y'all were saying earlier? I was pretty much going on the whole Englewood Roman Reigns. Okay. So that okay. It was just that this is a guy who has the look but doesn't have nothing else to offer. Made reason why he No. Oh, damn. Can't, can't cut a promo. <laughs> How no. bad is he, man? Is he is he like Ultimate Warrior bad? He wouldn't. He's worse. Ah oh, damn. Even Ultimate Warrior had a better move set. Yeah. I mean, if you think his Superman punch, his spear, his drive-by outside of the ring, mm-hmm. he had nothing. Mm. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy who botches promos like it's nothing. Yeah. But this he said, hold on, did he botch his promos? He botches. That move. Promo. Oh, damn. Like, this is the guy that they want because he has the look and. The females love him because of the way he looks. Not because of the way he wrestles. Yeah, but when you got the look and and you know you got the crowd, females like you, like they got to find a way to work you in there. But he doesn't really have a crowd. He just has the females. He doesn't even have the complete crowd. Like okay, he has no yeah. at all. Yeah. Man, he got booed out of the building at Royal Rumble, man. He made it, he was the first man out there for the Royal Rumble match. And as soon as his music hit, it was a chorus of boos. I was like, mm. God, you would have thought Hitler was back in town. Okay, all right, sorry. All right, we got like 13 minutes. <laughs> uh, we need to uh, move on for the wrestling thing. Um, recap of the championship games. Was anyone su- surprised of the outcomes of either game? No. I no, thought Arizona no, no. I thought Arizona was gonna be more competitive. I can't lie. I, I, I mean I, I predicted they were gonna be more competitive. I mean I thought this was gonna be more of a respectable game, but Carolina just came down and pretty much showed them why Arizona is Arizona. For many but, but people during the season Arizona, during the season and, and I know so basically I'm I'm taking from what you just said that all along you just kind of knew Carolina was way ahead of Arizona and the other teams in the NFC, well, in the NFC. But all along, like, Arizona showed us some greatness along the way too, didn't they? I mean, they did, but after, right. watching, that Green, after watching that Green Bay game, I was, mm-hmm. it was like everything I saw in Arizona, it went away. Whatever right. greatness that they had, it wasn't there, like, come on now. Let's let's go back to that Green Bay game. Five, uh, what was it, five seconds left? And yeah, it's about. Bruce Arian calls a timeout. They go back into play. Mm-hmm. Arizona sends a blitz, knowing that Green Bay was going for the Harry Murray. Who right. in their right mind does not play the pass in that situation? Drop him back. Also, 
you only had a safety and a corner who was dropped back deep. They wasn't in front of no receiver. Yeah. That that right there made me see, okay, they're not ready for Carolina. They're doing stuff like that. I think you have to kill Green Bay. Game came down. That game shouldn't have went to overtime. Right. It shouldn't have. Most teams in that situation would have brought in every every defensive back and some receivers. All receivers to back the ball down or kick it off. That, that play right there made me say, okay, they're not ready for Carolina. Yeah. Let me let me quote let me quote a coach, actually a former Arizona coach. They are we... who we thought they were. <laughs> they are who we thought they were. I cannot debate it. Because technically, they are who we thought they were. I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll say this. Without Honey Badger, Savon Matthew, their secondary did take a huge hit. I mean, he's only one player, but... What was up with Patrick Peterson? I mean, he, I don't understand. Like, the Green Bay game, he was always in the zone while Green Bay receivers were in front of him on that last play. In the Carolina game, he fumbled the punt return. Like, for him to be quoted as one of the most, one of the DPs and one of the most versatile players in the game, he has done some. He has had some dumb moments in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. Like that fumble. That I mean, that pretty much filled whatever chance Arizona really had. They are. We thought they were. On the AFC side, I'm not surprised that Denver did what they did. Everybody said, "Well, it's new." People tend to forget this Denver Broncos defense is different from what Tom Brady has faced every time he's oh. faced Peyton. Exactly. They gave Tom Brady that work for real. They did, they and people, I, I didn't see that coming. I, I definitely didn't think I mean, they were going to nail him like they did. This was the number one ranked defense mm-hmm. for a reason. I mean, they was first in all defensive categories. Von mm. Miller was the MVP. Von Miller was the MVP of the game. Two and a half sacks, an interception. I mean, he was all over the field. I mean, you couldn't. No one could stop him. No one could block him. No one could take him out of the equation on the Patriots staff. I mean, they yeah, really had. Yeah. And here's the thing, though. He's going to be a difference maker in the Super Bowl. I'm going to say this now. He will be that difference maker in the Super Bowl. Yes. Y'all better believe that he will be the one spying on Cam. Hmm. That's, yeah, that's going to be interesting. That's going to be interesting. He can't play coverage, and he he's a great pass rusher. 
So you don't think Cam's gonna have um gonna be able to find open receivers all all game in the Super Bowl? Cam he's been finding he's been finding guys wide open and I I don't know how they do it on offense. Like guys are just wide open every time. Nothing against Cam. I mean, I wanna see him win, but at the same time, it's too much of me saying that he will not do what he's done against the NFC in the playoffs against the Denver Broncos defense. Really? I mean, this is different. I, 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 I don't think so. Like, I mean, Cam has a core of mediocre receivers. This Denver Broncos defense. Wide, they've been wide open in games all year. Like, but look, but look at the mistakes that some of the defense, the defenses that he has played against. Everybody is focused on getting to Cam, where they're not, where they're pretty much not worried about coverage. That's how these receivers are getting open. Wide open. They're they're underestimating the receivers opposed to trying to stop Cam. Right. The way to beat Cam is to make him stay in the pocket. Make, I mean, you can still send the pressure, but keep him in the pocket. Don't let him. Don't let him extend plays. Yeah. Cover receivers. Make yeah. him try to create an actual play. Make him throw into tight windows. Yeah. Their their offensive line versus Denver's um, front seven is going to be an interesting matchup. I mean, it will be. I mean, who dominates? Carolina's offensive line has been great up until this point. Mm -hmm. This is a different test. Yeah. This is. I mean, this is the top two defenses in all of football. Oh, they're one and two. Number one and two. Denver was. Denver finished first. Carolina finished second. Because a lot of people are thinking this is going to be another situation um, a couple Super Bowls ago when you oh, what, know, Seattle? Seahawks, yeah, when the Seahawks defense was just too overwhelming no. for Peyton Manning. No, no. Here's why: for the first time in Peyton Manning's career, mm-hmm. he has a defense that can actually carry him. Yeah, he's never had that. Ever, ever. So you think he really uses that to his advantage? Like, as far as his whole offensive mindset, you think he really has it in his mind that, okay, you know, let, let's All just manage the game and, and get out of here, take what we can get, because the defense All is going to come right back on the field and, and make a play for it. You think that's his mindset? His mindset is pretty much let his defense do his defense's job and try to figure out how to move the ball on this Carolina pass rush. I mm-hmm. mean, this Carolina defense is no joke. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's Peyton Manning. I mean, yes, he's not the best Peyton Manning that we've seen. But nah, physically not. This, yeah, physically he's not there. But I think but, that he has a little something to prove in this Super Bowl. I believe this will be his yeah. last season. Yeah. That's what I was going to talk about is one thing to focus on is the storylines going into the Super Bowl is you got Cam, who's in his very first Super Bowl ever, 
and, you know, trying to lead this team, but all this negativity is coming out about him and everything, even though he's not a negative person. And then you got nah. Peyton Manning on the other side. This could be his last hurrah, his last chance to get another mm-hmm. ring before he hangs him up. And he's already, already taught that he's going to hang it up after the season anyway. So those are some of the storylines you got to look out for. Great, so, you know, stuff like great that. Great storylines. Yeah, those, those are two great storylines. Um, I mean, either either one, you know, either one that plays out, I think, is a great storyline for the NFL. I'd like to see Peyton Manning go out and finally, you know, just get another Super Bowl, get another ring. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't think his legacy should be in question, but there are folks out there, believe it or not, that do question his legacy. And then for Cam Newton, you know, another African-American quarterback in the Super Bowl, like to win it, you know, get up there with Russell Wilson, Doug Williams. I mean, I think that's a tremendous story also. So, you know, may the best team win, you know. May the best team win. I just hope that that at, at some point, my Redskins can build a defense like these defenses because, I mean, it's just obvious. Like, if you don't have a good defense in this league, like, you know, you, you basically, like, you ain't shit without, without a good defense in this league. Like, you right about need church. a tremendous defense. Let the church say amen. Let the church so, say amen. Yeah, I, amen. I just hope the Redskins go out there and build on defense. I think we're at a point where, you know, we have an offense that's serviceable. But like you need a defense that can get stops and get turnovers and honestly yeah, keep you in games. Our defense from this past season was the best that we've had in a past since we switched to the three four. Oh yeah, it was definitely better than any of the Hazlitt defenses. I mean, Hazlitt defense was just horrible. Now yeah. it's like we have some of the right personnel. We just need to build we still need to bring in some more pieces to be a better defense. I mean, our middle linebacker situation is still questionable. I mean, I like mm-hmm. Keenan Robinson. I like Keenan Robinson more than I like uh, what's the other guy, Terry Riley. I mean, yeah, I he's, he's better in coverage. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Skins would use their first round pick on a middle linebacker. Because yeah. I mean, get Carl Ross is going to get that contract. He has played mm-hmm. up. He's played to played up to the hype. He wasn't a free, uh, typical free agent bust. He was not that. He had a he had a good season. He was a different. Actually, it's a funny thing, y'all. Thing. It's a it's a funny thing. The defensive coordinator was a defensive coordinator in Detroit when they went zero sixteen. Yeah, he came in here and turned our defense around. Yeah, just think about that. Well, think about that. I knew, I knew that, I knew that. I actually had to debate people on this coming into the season because the argument about Joe Burry was zero sixteen. At what point did the Detroit Lions have any talent around them during that time? Outside of Calvin Johnson season, and Roy Williams, who only played half the season before being traded to the Cowboys, name another Detroit Lions from that team. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> People try to fault him because of that team, but that team was awful on both sides of the ball. You can't fault him 
for being the coordinator of a lousy team. When you have no offense, you have no your defense cannot shine. When you don't have when you don't have neither. I mean your special team suck, your defense suck, your offense suck. You don't have the players, you don't have the personnel, you don't have the coach. This was the team that Matt Mellon put together. A team that was full of nobodies in fucking draft class. What Matt Mellon did as GM, he set them bammers back. He should have set them back 15 years. <laughs> I'm sorry. Also, another thing that people overlook, the defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys, Rob Marinelli, was also the head coach of that 2008 Detroit Lions team. What are people, what are people saying about him? Hold on, he was the what for um he was the, the Lions in 08? He, he was, was actually the head coach. coach? Okay. He was the head coach yeah. of that 2008 16 team. But yet, yeah. you don't hear Dallas fans bashing him. Yeah. He brought that Tampa 2 to Dallas, and that defense it does look good. Yeah. I mean, I mean this is a league where, you know, folks get second chances. I mean, you got to give folks second chance. Yeah, I mean, know. some I mean, guys are better coordinators than coaches. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a known fact. Yeah. And some some coaches just need to have the right talent around them to survive. Exactly. Very true. Very true. Yeah. But, you know, we'll see how it shakes out, man. Like I said, you know, like like I sit there and I watch Carolina's defense, Denver's defense, Seattle's defense, Minnesota's defense. Like, it's it's just entertaining to watch these defenses at work and, you know, what they're able to do and how they're able to disrupt offenses. And, like, you need a defense to win in this league. I think this past year was the most turnovers of skins had in years. Since oh, yeah, down, especially down the stretch. Yeah. Since, I mean, since Greg Williams. Yeah, yeah. Especially down the stretch. I mean, like, this, you, you, you got to give it time. Yeah. Because I think in the second half of the season, I think they said we had, that we, we had like the most forced fumbles, some stat like that. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, we forced the fumbles every game. Yeah. You know, we're, we're trending in the right direction, I think. Yeah, we are. But uh, we are trending in the right direction. We're actually past time, y'all. Uh, we got to pretty much close this out now. It's been real. It's been fun. Birdman, thank you for calling in. I want to say Appreciate shout out to my base. Thank you for calling. Thank you for listening. No problem, man. Just just um, tag me. Tag me. And, um, you know, I remember to call in. Okay. All right, man. Y'all be easy. Good show. Keep it up. Thanks. All right. Jeez. Sam, we out, man. Our our third host, by the way, I just want to say our third host, 
reason why he's not with us because he's actually at the Verizon Center right now for the Caps Flyers game. So I'm pretty sure he'll have a report on that next week. All right then. Yeah. Well, uh, oh, shit, we gotta do the uh, we gotta do the uh, lineup tomorrow. Catch uh, you gonna tune in to uh, Mike Check at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central Time. Friday we have yes, isn't heard. 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. East, uh, Central Time, and we also had a refresh on Sunday. It's been chills. It's champ. It's been chills and champ. It's the skybox. It's been real. Thank y'all for listening. We'll catch y'all again next week. Holla. Holla.